We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. And how do you think Scott Turner did as offensive coordinator this year? I think Scott did his job, did the things that he, he tried to do, and, you know, we're going to self-evaluate and go through that process. That was Ron Rivera as part of that joint press conference with Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew yesterday. Uh, a few minutes after that question uh, and answer, Scott Turner was fired by Ron Rivera. Uh, Tommy and I did not know that uh, when we were recording the podcast. Of course, we expected it. It was not a surprise that Scott Turner was fired, uh, but we did not have on the podcast yesterday the discussion of Scott Turner being fired. Um, So I will get to that today here in the opening segment. Uh, On the show today, Doc Walker will be with me. Uh, We'll get a lot of different thoughts from Doc on the Scott Turner situation, the Ron Rivera situation, the quarterback situation. And then in the final segment of the show today, I'm going to count down the top 10 Washington Commander players for the 2022 season. My list, my top 10 list of the 10 best players from the 2022 season. The show today is presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. Very few places giving away that kind of money, guys. I would take advantage of it even if I already have a shop. Uh, use my bookie as a comparison uh, spot, uh, certainly for the free money that they're going to give you. Uh, but there will be a lot of shifting point spreads and totals here in these playoff games. I'm already seeing it right now. So you want to get the best number and the best price. Uh, my bookie is a great alternative for you or a great first. Uh, option for you, mybookie.ag, promo code KevinDC. By the way, a couple of interesting line movements here. The first game of the weekend on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, Seattle at San Francisco. Uh, The weather, if you're not following it out west, just torrential rains 
um, and more of that expected in the Bay Area and in, you know, south of the Bay Area in Santa Clara um, for the game on Saturday. Rain, if not heavy rain in the forecast. Um, the total keeps coming down. It's at 42. It opened at 43 and a half, 44. San Francisco was at 1.10, and a half. They're down to nine and a half. Um, I don't know much about the grass field at Santa Clara, the kind of turf, the kind of drainage system they have. You know, I'm trying to think, have, have we seen a terrible field condi- condition situation in San Francisco since they moved to Santa Clara? I don't know, um, but the weather is supposed to be horrible and it'll be horrible all week. Uh, leading up uh, to that game. Uh, We've also seen a big move in the Chargers-Jags game. That line came down to one. Now the Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in that game. Um, And then for the Monday night game, Dallas-Tampa, that line is down to two-and-a-half now, down from three. Uh, Still most of the action on Tampa, and I, I would expect that Dallas will probably probably be a smell test pick for me. Um, I, I, I'm looking at, I don't love the board this weekend in general. Uh, I thought a lot more, um, would be on Minnesota, but I think people recognize that Minnesota plays these outrageously close games and that the giants, you know, rolled up 450 yards of offense a few weeks ago against the Vikings. You know, that's kind of a chic upset pick. Uh, the Giants over the Vikings, but the public um, is kind of split on that game right now. The public loves Buffalo to to absolutely annihilate Miami, so the Dolphins might end up being a play, and they love Cincinnati right now because we're still unsure about the quarterback situation for Baltimore and Miami, uh, for that matter. I think, by the way, I think the public's going to be all over San Francisco as well, so Seattle might be a play, but we'll wait until Friday for smell test picks um, on what was... Uh, or has been, we still have a lot of, we have 13 games left, six this weekend, four next weekend, two the weekend after that, and then the Super Bowl. Um, But uh, up 14 units for the year, I'd have to lose 13 games, and I'd still be a game above 500. So uh, I've done well, actually, in the playoffs a lot in recent years, Um, but I don't love the board this weekend. That is for sure. The biggest move, actually, Buffalo-Miami, the total uh, continues to go up. Um, in that game from like 44 to 46 and a half. I see some 47s. Uh, my bookie's at 46 and a half right now. Um, the weather in Buffalo uh, on on Sunday is supposed to be beautiful for that game. So no weather issues in Buffalo, none in Cincinnati. Um, and really the, 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 the only weather situation will be the first game of the weekend, uh, and that is the rain, uh, the torrential rains that uh, California has been getting, and Northern California in particular, is expected to last right through uh, the weekend. All right. Uh, wow, look at this. Tua Tungavailoa out. I think we knew that was coming, but officially he is out for the game on Sunday in Buffalo. Skylar Thompson's going to start again. I mean, I would have much preferred to have seen Miami lose against the Jets and have Mike Tomlin, who's done a phenomenal job uh, in Pittsburgh, much rather see that badass Steelers team go into Buffalo. They wouldn't have won either, I don't think. Um, Although they did win there last year in the regular season, right? That would have been much more entertaining to see Tomlin and the Steelers and Kenny Pickett as a rookie in a playoff game than seeing Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. I mean, they've got no shot, right? I don't think they do. Uh, I mean, they only scored nine points 
against a really good defensive team in the Jets last week. They scored 11, actually. They had the safety on the final play. But anyway, um, that's breaking news. And look at this. Uh, There's more breaking news as I'm recording this podcast uh, and doing this like it's a live radio show. Um, Bill safety DeMar Hamlin discharged from a Buffalo hospital. Nine days, two hospitals. He's going home healthy after suffering cardiac arrest a week ago Monday night. This is an amazing story. What an incredible result from where we were a week ago. Uh, Just incredible. Um, Really uh, so happy, obviously, for him and his family. But just think about the Bills family and the Bills fan base um, and how incredible this news is. And now from a football standpoint – um, the lift it gives this team as it goes into the postseason. By the way, knowing that if they make it to the AFC Championship game and they're playing Kansas City, it'll be on a neutral field. Um, but, you know, I'm turning the conversation to football. Uh, the It's just a, a miracle recovery from where he was. And it certainly appears as if that commotio cordis, which is like a one in 10 million, do- uh, to one in 10 million shot of happening may be at the top of the list of reasons because they did announce that there was no underlying cardiac disease, um, no underlying conditions. So, uh, you know, I was reading a lot about this last night that a lot of the doctors believe that it was this, you know, one in a several million shot of being a hit in a spot when your heartbeat is at a certain point and putting you into cardiac arrest. It's happened a lot with baseball players, uh, young baseball players, young lacrosse players with the, you know, the weight of the ball. Um, I say it's happened a lot. It doesn't happen a lot at all. It happens like 30 times a year worldwide, something like that. But it was, you know, uh, that's good news too. I mean, he not only survives this thing and is going to be okay, but there's no underlying medical con- condition that they believe led to this. Incredible. Anyway, let's get to Scott Turner. Let's get to the firing of Scott Turner. Uh, I think what I'm going to say, most of you won't be in total agreement with me. Um, it might be uh, a little bit unpopular with some of you. So be it. I, I did want to start with this, though. I'm okay with them trying to do better than Scott Turner. I'm totally okay with that. Yes, I've been more of a defender of Scott Turner during his three years as the OC than I have been a criticizer. I've been both, but I've been more of a defender. But I'm not standing on a table stomping my feet saying they're letting they're letting the next Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay out of the building. What are you doing? I'm not doing that. I'm fine with them trying to do better than Scott Turner. I'm a little bit skeptical as to what they have lined up because if they're trying to do a lot better than Scott Turner with like the next hot OC that's a quarterback's coach somewhere right now, Washington's not appealing. And they're not appealing because of the ownership situation and because of Ron Rivera's status as the head coach. If Ron Rivera hires you, you've got to understand that there's a chance a year from now they're going to blow out the whole staff. They might blow out the whole staff in March or April. So I am kind of skeptical with respect to what they can attract. Um, You know, I've seen a lot of people mentioning Mike Shula's name. Mike Shula was with Ron in Carolina as the OC. He's a senior offensive assistant in Buffalo right now. Uh, Speaking of Buffalo, 
Um, but I'm a little bit skeptical as to what they have right now. I would also tell you, I do believe that this was a scapegoat firing. I think if they had won one more game and they were getting ready for a playoff game this weekend, there is no chance that Scott Turner would have been fired. I shouldn't say no chance because I do think that there was a disconnect, you know, between Rivera and Scott Turner um, based on where they were before the season and where they ended up. Um, But he gave him a contract extension a year ago. I mean, Scott Turner signed a multi-year contract extension through the season of 2024-2025, I believe. So you weren't going to fire a guy that you just extended if you got to the postseason. Because if they had made the postseason, they finished, you know, let's just say they had finished 9-7-1, and that they hadn't shit the bet against Cleveland, or that they got one of the two giant games. Um, and even if they lost in the first round, it would have been viewed certainly internally as a major step forward season. And by the way, there would have been discussion about how, wow, given the quarterback situation, second straight year, not the guy they planned on, what a great job Scott Turner did. So I do think that there's some scapegoat um, uh, there in the firing of Scott Turner. But uh, while I am okay with them trying to do better than Scott Turner, and I'm not standing on a table screaming they're letting the next Kyle Shanahan go or the next Sean McVay go, I don't think that the problems offensively for the last three years have been exclusively Scott Turner problems. I don't. He's not number one on my list of why they have struggled offensively for three seasons. Look, there have been some games along the way where I think Scott Turner's done a good job, and I've pointed that out. There have been games in which I didn't feel like he had a good feel for the game itself. Recently against the Giants at home on Sunday night, second and 18, Kayvon Thibodeau's already dominating the game, and you're going to drop your quarterback back you know, to his own goal line? A guy that you know, can barely see over the line of scrimmage and you've got pass protection issues? Didn't love that. Didn't love the 12 carries for a guy averaging 7.4 yards per carry. But loved what he did with Taylor Heineke in his first start against Tampa Bay where they rolled up 370 yards of offense and 23 points against a team that that they were getting no complimentary football from. Remember, Tampa in that game, 500-plus yards of offense, and Chris Godwin dropped five balls in that game. I mean, there have been games here and there where I think, you know, he's done really well and then games in which he hasn't really felt it. But um, eight quarterbacks in three seasons – is number one on the list of why they haven't been very good on offense or very consistent on offense for three seasons. Eight quarterbacks in three seasons. Come on, man. How could you possibly list Scott Turner as the number one reason when not only did he start have to start eight different quarterbacks, all right, in order, Haskins, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Garrett Gilbert, Carson Wentz, Sam Howell, eight different starting quarterbacks, none of whom were any good. How could you how could you possibly have Scott Turner as number one on the list in a quarterback league when you've got had eight subpar starting quarterbacks? Maybe Sam Howell will be different. Um, but really, you know, to date, eight subpar starting quarterbacks in three seasons. That's number one on the list. If you want to put Scott Turner number two, I'm not gonna, you know argue with you that much, but there have been other reasons that the offense hasn't been very productive and significant reasons. Terrible offensive line this year. 
Musical chairs everywhere, in addition to being a bad offensive line to begin with. Last year, they had musical chairs at center, even though the offensive line with Flowers and Sheriff was a better offensive line, much better. Um, you've, you've had This year, you had a guy that turned out to be one of your best players, Brian Robinson Jr., miss the first four-plus games, really five games, if you count the Tennessee game. I mean, that was his first game back. He wasn't really ready at that point. They had their second-best receiver, Jahan Dotson, miss a third of the season. I mean, there are other a lot of other reasons that you weren't very good offensively in addition to Scott Turner. You want to say Scott Turner was part of the problem? Fine. If you say he was the only part of the problem, you, I, I just don't agree with that. My guy, Paulie, who I love. Paulie, I love you. I think you've got a super sharp opinion, and I love the conversations we've had over the years. You DM'd me last night and said, with a competent, a competent offensive coordinator, this team would have won two to three more games. I just totally disagree with that. If you had Kyle Shanahan, if you had a great offensive coordinator, Shanahan, McVay, etc., you would have won another game or two. I'll concede that. They would have figured out how to take this chicken shit and turn it into chicken salad. But not just a competent OC. I mean, to discuss Scott Turner as totally incompetent, to me, is inaccurate. Or, or let me put it this way. It's unfair. Because I don't know how you could come to that conclusion with what he's had to deal with. You know, I um, I was looking, uh, I was reading this morning the uh, Jeremy Fowler, uh, Dan Graziano weekly column, where they answer a bunch of questions and then they had they open up their note bag and they've got you know news and night uh, news and notes items and Jeremy Fowler who is super plugged in said this about the Scott Turner firing. He said, um, uh, he said, Turner will have another job in short order. He's a well-respected coach. I've heard the same thing, that he is well-respected, that people actually think he's pretty good. Ben Standig wrote a column at one point this season where he went out and talked to general managers, and GMs all talked about the fact that, you know, or at least one or two did, that Turner's done a really good job and is very creative. And I've heard, by the way, some of the pushback. He's not creative enough. Actually, I think the problem's been the opposite of that. I think sometimes he's been too creative when he didn't need to be. I think they had very creative, I think they had a lot of creativity in their run game uh, specifically. Um, But you're not going to get me to say that Scott Turner was a terrible offensive coordinator. You're also not going to get me to say that Scott Turner was my boy, and I'm really crushed by this. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to say that because I never felt that. Um, But I don't feel and I don't agree with those of you that are convinced that they had a terrible offensive coordinator that was incompetent that cost them the playoffs this year. I don't agree with that at all. By the way, here's another thing I saw. J.P. Finley tweeted this out. Um, Where is it? Here it is. Uh, This is a PFF thing. And again, I'm not a worshiper of PFF. I'm not a disciple of PFF. I think they're, you know, I understand what they do. And there's some guys like Nick Ackridge, who we've had on the podcast. I like Nick a lot. And the Commanders, Washington is his favorite team. Uh, JP, um, and Nick has told us some of this before they, they ranked 38 starting quarterbacks. I guess you had to have, have a certain number of games that you started to be ranked for the season by PFF 38 quarterbacks this year, regular season ranked 
Carson Wentz was 33rd. Taylor Heineke was 37th. There are 32 NFL teams, and they didn't have one of their two quarterbacks ranked in the top 32 in the league. Now, you may say, like, the eye test, you know, doesn't really back up that kind of ranking for Taylor Heineke in particular. And I understand some of that. I mean, he made some magic at the end of these games. You know, the end of the Green Bay game, the end of the Indy game, the end of the Giant game, the, you know, the, 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 the game that they tied in the Meadowlands. Um, only Zach Wilson was a lower-ranked PFF quarterback of the 38 that they ranked in the NFL than Taylor Heineke. He was number one on the list of turnover-worthy throws. Nobody had anywhere near the number of turnover-worthy throws that Taylor Heineke had. And we know, you know, the, the Tariko Collinsworth pixie dust line that they repeated multiple times during that Sunday nighter against the Giants, we know that he got really fortunate a lot and that, you know, all of those coin flip games would have gone the other way on the coin flip had just one defender that had a ball right in his hands that he actually caught it instead of dropped it. Eight different quarterbacks, none of whom were very good in three seasons. I'm just not ready to say that the offensive struggles of the last three years were exclusive to their offensive coordinator. I don't believe that to be true. We'll see what happens with Scott Turner. Um, I wouldn't bail on him yet. Uh, Look, a lot of you said when I was on a chair, on a table, screaming about Mike and Kyle. A lot of you said, you're out of your mind. Kyle Shanahan's a dope. Only reason he's got the job is Mike. A lot of you said the same things about Sean McVay. You know, oh my God, they keep running that duo play over and over again. He stinks. I mean, we have had strong opinions about offensive coordinators in this town in the past. And when I say we, I mean mostly you. And you've been dead wrong. Now, I don't know what Scott Turner will get. He'll get another opportunity to coach. It'll probably be a step down from OC, I would imagine. Um, And, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be an offensive coordinator again. Again, I'm fine with this, um, but I just don't think he's as incompetent as many of you do. Sorry, I don't. Um, There was one other thing I wanted to get uh, to in the open here before uh, we get to Doc and we get Doc's opinions on all of this. And that is this exchange yesterday, which we kind of talked about on the show yesterday, Tommy and I did. But I wanted you to hear the question from David Aldridge and the answers from both Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Listen carefully. This is about philosophy versus sort of adaptation to what they've had offensively, why they went to kind of heavy run first offense this year. But I want you to listen to the question, listen to the answer, and then I'm going to comment on it. You have said consistently you want to be a run-first team. Um, Is that because of the personnel you have at quarterback, or is that a philosophical belief because most of the league seems to go the opposite way? I think it's a philosophical belief. I mean, for me it is. Um, I, I've been involved with that. Uh, I think a big part of it is that, you know, you've, you've got to be able to, to, to help your defense as well. You know, if you, if you look at a lot of the teams that, that do end up at the end, where they are, most of them rush for over 1,000 yards as, as, as an offense, well over 1,000, I should say. And, and I think they control the tempo of the game. And, and I think that's what we need to do to win football games. We need to control that tempo of, of the game. You know, I do believe in a two-back system. Um, you know, I've had success with that. 
and I believe we had some pretty good success with it. Um, you know, unfortunately, both those young men for us ended up on on, on injured reserve. But well, I just uh, B Rob wasn't injured. B Rob just didn't finish the last game. But you know, they're 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 a talented group of guys, and and we've got to be able to use them. Um, you know, we've got some talented positions, and we've got to be able to get the ball in those guys' hands. I think we're all products of our experience in this league, you know. And in my experience here, the most success that I had was playing here. And we were a run-first football team. And we were running back by committee football team, you know. Um, and so that's what I've had success with. Uh, when we had success in Detroit the, in 2014, it, we had a, a run-first orientation. Uh, I know coaches had, had a pretty good running back when you played, too, you mm-hmm. know, in Chicago, you know. So I think we're products of that and what we've experienced, and that's where I've had the most success. And I know that late in the year, that becomes really, really important. And when you can't run the football late in the year, it makes it very, very difficult to advance, make the playoffs, or have, have success in the playoffs. So that, that's why I think it's really important. And the physicality of the game, I think, uh, is, is what can, can make a good team better, you know, or you know, an average team good. You know, when you can out-hit somebody, it gives you a chance to win every game. That was a really good question from David Aldridge because in listening to that press conference yesterday, um, what David and everybody there kind of picked up on was they were really hell-bent on emphasizing formula. Uh, I think they mentioned the word formula a half dozen times, as in it is the formula that we're trying to create here, this run-first you know, philosophy, heavy run-to-pass uh, heavy run over pass ratio. Um, and David wanted to find out whether or not that was, you know, their philosophy, their philosophical belief, or it was kind of an adaptation to the talent or lack of talent that they had at quarterback. And they answered that it was their philosophical belief. Well, I don't believe that for a moment. I think that's just an answer of convenient kind of recency. I mean, everything that they did last offseason would speak to that not being their philosophy. They traded for a quarterback that could stretch the field vertically with a strong arm. They said that. We want to be able to make more throws. We want to be able to stretch the field. We want to be able to go vertical. They extended with a massive contract extension, Terry McLaurin. They drafted a receiver. At 16, they drafted a tight end that was basically a receiver. They re-signed a running back, and they did so in this controversial way with Buffalo J.D. McKissick that was more of a pass-catching running back. Yes, they drafted Brian Robinson Jr. They also let Eric Flowers and Brandon Sheriff, they didn't have much control over that situation, uh, go. If their philosophical belief was heavy run-to-pass ratio. They want to be, their identity is going to be heavy run over pass. Then they wouldn't have traded for Carson Wentz. They would have signed Marcus Mariota, or they would have signed Mitch Trubisky, or they would have just kept what they have had. I mean, it's just not true. None of their actions actually said this is what they wanted to be. Now, Is it true that Ron really liked what they did in that four-game win streak last year with their running game, you know, and staying ahead of the chains and possessing the football and running it more than passing it? Yes, he did like that. But they also did that out of necessity because they didn't have a quarterback that could really make NFL throws consistently. 
And they wanted something different than that. They wanted the ability to be able to do both. I'm not saying that they wanted to come in and be, you know, heavy pass over run. Maybe Scott wanted that. I don't know. But they wanted to be more balanced. They wanted the ability to throw the football when they needed to throw the football, especially when they got behind, if they were to get behind. I agree with a lot of things they say. Look, this formula is tried and true, you know, for, you know, you get, it's got to come with a great defense. It's got to come with a team that doesn't beat itself with penalties and turnovers. But, you know, if you play that kind of way, you can beat Tennessee with Derrick Henry in the backfield and Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. By the way, that's a much better quarterback situation than they've had. And you can win 11 games, maybe 12, probably not going to get to the Super Bowl playing that way in 2023. I have a problem if that's kind of philosophical belief in 2023. I think you do that, um, you know, you move to that out of necessity. I mean, I like, trust me, I love physical football, you know, smash mouth football and taking it to people and wearing people down. And I think, by the way, that travels well, especially with a great defense. But I, it's just, and Galdi, so Galdi pointed out on Twitter yesterday and I went and and looked at even uh, beyond what Galdi Galdi had the not, nine out of the ten top ten passing teams in the league um, are in the playoffs per the Football Outsiders DVOA metric. It's actually even more than that. Thirteen out of the fourteen playoff teams are in the top half of the league in passing teams. All right, those teams are. Um, here it is right here. Hold on for one second. Those teams are Kansas City and Buffalo 1-2. By the way, your two best odds teams to win the Super Bowl. San Francisco really runs the ball well, guys, right? They're the number three pass DVOA team in the league. Those three teams are three of the top four favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, then you've got Miami four, Jacksonville is at six, Cincinnati seven, Seattle's eight, Philly is nine, the Giants are 10, Tampa's 11, Dallas is 13, Minnesota is 15, and Baltimore is 16. 13 of the top 16 teams are uh, that are in 13 uh, of the 14 playoff teams are in the top half of the league of past DVOA. Nine out of the uh, 14 playoff teams are in the top half of the league in rush DVOA. You've got to be able to do both. And really, if you can't throw the football, your chances of winning a Super Bowl in 2023 aren't great. By the way, in the past DVOA rankings, the only team in the top 10 not in the postseason is Detroit, and they were nearly in the postseason. How about the bottom teams in past DVOA? Indianapolis, Houston, Chicago, Arizona, Carolina, Denver, Washington, the Raiders, the Jets, the Patriots, the Saints. I mean, do I need to go on? You got to be able to throw the football in 2023. If you can't throw the football, I don't have a problem with, with what they've done. I think actually, in many ways, it was good coaching to recognize, hey, we don't have the quarterback. We can't stretch the field. We put a lot of weapons out there, 
and we can be a short passing team. We can use Curtis Samuel in the run game. We can use McLaurin in the run game. You know, we can try to play action off of a really good run game to get those receivers the football on occasion in sort of medium uh, length passes. But that's not what their actions said in the offseason. I think I would have kind of felt, I would have respected their answers more yesterday if they had said, look, you got to be able to do both in this league. We want to be a physical, point-of-attack kind of team. We want to be able to run the football. We believe in that. By the way, Martin Mayhew talking about the last team that you know that he played for here in Washington as being a run-first team. Yeah, I mean, but they were the best deep-passing team in the league with the posse and Mark Rippon in 1991. Nobody lit up the league with deeper passes like Washington did in 1991. Yeah, Biner and Riggs and Ricky Irvins were pretty good running the football. They were balanced. They were a balanced team that really were incredibly successful throwing the deep ball and stretching out a defense with the deep ball. I I just, um, I think one of the things that, that we've gotten used to here during the last three years is a lot of waffling on answers, um, a lot of convenient answers ba- based on recent data, a lot of, you know, not really having a philosophy unless they're forced into it. Like, that, they, they had an identity this year. They developed an identity. Defense, running game. Um, defense was something that's been coming uh, with the talent acquisition, and they were able to put it together this year. Uh, the running game and being heavy run to pass, you know, after the early portion of the season when they were more pass heavy. Because, by the way, in some cases they were behind. You know, the Detroit game when Wentz threw for 360 and threw for near, uh, what was it, 46 times, 45 times, whatever it was, they were down 22 to nothing. They were down big against Philly, they were down big against Dallas. So, you know, some of the heavy pass over run ratio early was also because they were behind. But their actions in the offseason, you know, spoke to wanting to be able to throw the football. And I think ultimately that's where some of the disconnect with Ron and Scott developed. You know, I don't think Scott probably had a major problem understanding what they were at quarterback you know, with Wentz healthy or with Wentz unhealthy and Heineke in there. I mean, obviously Wentz was not the right selection. They did a terrible job on that. They tried to defend that yesterday too. But um, I think if this really is who they want to be philosophically, you know, you keep Dotson, obviously. You keep Terry McLaurin. He's under contract. You really heavily invest in the offensive line. You see if you can get something for Curtis Samuel – um, and you keep Gibson and you keep Robinson Jr. and you keep Williams. Uh, and you either go with Sam Howell, who is a you know dual threat quarterback in many ways, or you think about drafting somebody like Anthony Richardson, who might be there at 16, who could be a phenomenal you know dual threat quarterback, run first quarterback. Maybe Justin Fields becomes available. You know, if they decide to go Bryce Young, number one overall in Chicago, imagine Justin Fields with, you know, an overall heavy run-to-pass philosophy uh, with the defense that they have here. And by the way, Justin Fields can throw the football a little bit. I know statistically it wasn't good, and he was an incredible runner this year. 
But if you're really going to go with that philosophy, hire you know Todd Downing, who just got fired in uh, in Tennessee. Um, you know, draft Anthony Richardson, or or if you think Sam Howell is going to be a dual threat quarterback, go with Sam Howell, or trade for Justin Fields. Invest in your offensive line. Cut Wentz. You know, uh, go with you know Fields and Howell, or Richardson and Howell, and let's go Baltimore. Let's go Philly. Let's go Tennessee and play that way. You know, if you really want to do that, don't go out and draft another receiver. And, you know, find another quarterback that can stretch the field for way too much compensation. That part of the presser yesterday was odd. Doc Walker next, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, uh, it's time to bring on my good friend, Rick Doc Walker. I want to read this Apple review. Um, It comes from Brian, who writes, When you have Doc on, there's nothing better than when you say to Doc, it's time for X's and O's. Burgundy and gold. Thank you, Brian. And I almost said maroon and almost said maroon and white. No, you didn't. Because our colors are no longer burgundy and gold. You, but, no, yeah. Well, that's true. Well, there is. I don't know what the yeah. colors are. Um, no, Bri- no, 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 no. Brian had a lot of nice things to say about every time Doc comes onto the uh, on the show. Um, and Brian, just so you know, I mean, he gets invited on the show all the time, and I'm. It's my pleasure yeah, no, when no, he comes no, on. No, no, no. He's very yeah. busy. I try not to reach out too often because I, yeah, I don't, don't want to ask too much. Uh, Look, I'm the substitute teacher. No, you're okay, not. it's okay. <laughs> Whenever Cooley can't do it, I do it. You know, and is, I'm honored to, uh, to do that. What is it about tight ends? Like you, Cooley, and Logan Paulson? Because I like Logan a lot. I think Logan's got a sharp opinion yeah. uh, about football. Yeah, I, I mean, the, th- the three tight ends – uh, are are the best analysts of this team and have been in this market for years. It's a well, it's the highest IQ position. It is, it is a high IQ position. I know you're saying, but it is for real. No, the highest, the highest. Yeah, more than quarterback. The highest, in my opinion. Yeah. Why? But you know, when we never have to put on a colored jersey and be told not to be touched, you know, and it's full contact. And you got to do more than one thing at once. But if, even if it's a tie, 
<clears throat> you know, I'll take that. But I don't want to hurt their feelings because they're very fragile. So put them in first place if that makes you happy. It doesn't make me happy. I was just asking you why, but I have heard from many people uh, over the years, not you, um, because you you don't uh, self-promote, but many other people that the tight end position requires very, very high IQ smart players. Um, and that's why a lot of them end up becoming uh, big-time analysts. Look, Greg Olson's the number one analyst on Fox, tight end. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, Doc's got his podcast, which you should listen to um, wherever uh, you get uh, a podcast. But his is really uh, at Patreon, so you got to go to patreon.com uh, to get his podcast. He's on Burgundy and Gold today on the 980 uh, signal, which is the one that I'm on in the mornings. Doc does... 12 to 3, most days of the week. You can listen to him yep. there. Um, all right, let's just start with this. Uh, your reaction to Scott Turner being fired yesterday? Well, um, I like Scott as a person. And so, and but it's a golden parachute. So I don't, they, he got a three-year deal and got released. So that's what family does. You know, it's like the mob, They, you know, he, he didn't get hit. You know, he got transferred. So he's transferred to another team, and he'll be there, and it'll be fine because this league takes care of its own and its alumni, and they do a great job at it. I just have a hard time understanding how a guy who's in charge of everything gets amnesia when it comes to a position of when it becomes critical. How could you uh, – Scott's an employee. And so we've got this coach-centric system. So he was allowed to do it on his own. The head coach had no idea. I, I, I'm confused. But yesterday, and I don't get into hiring and firing, but I did demand human sacrifice at some point. I don't care who it is. But you can't have destroyed the season in the end and done as poor job as they did and not have a casualty. It's just un-American. You're samurai yourself, or you got to pick somebody, because you can't have this group, love boat group, go in and fail miserably, and everybody get a full check and just walk away, and we get pie in our face as a fan base, people who die by it, live by it, and bleed burgundy and gold. That's the part that pisses me off. But I don't blame him. Because when you got a guy hiring you for something he has no idea about, what do you expect? So, was Scott Turner, because you're referring here a lot to Ron Rivera and the big check that he's he gets. The guy's in charge. Yeah, the guy's he's, in charge. He's in charge. He does everything, picks everything. Yeah, yeah. So, but so, then doesn't know what happens. Can't control what plays the call. Has no influence on the guy that he hired and gave a three-year extension to. Come on, man. So, so this, this, when this did, leaves here, mm-hmm. it goes right to Comedy Central. So did this Scott, script goes right to Comedy Central. So did Scott Turner get fired because he needed a scapegoat, or because Scott Turner wasn't very good at what he did? I would pick the scapegoat because how can you say he's not good at what he does? You gave him a three-year extension months ago. Mm-hmm. So what are you saying? You don't have any influence, but you didn't know what players were going to be called? Are you saying you're in charge because you got nothing to do with what's called? Are you serious? Come on, man. Okay. But again, it'll work 
it'll work on this powder puff fan base. So whatever. They get to do whatever they want to do. All I'm suggesting is that they actually try to win because he was hired to be a social worker to clean the culture up. Well, I don't give a damn about the culture because the culture on the football team and the culture in the front office are two different animals. And they sell you a bunch of crap. Okay, it's not his job to handle the culture of an organization that was ruined by a guy who has no sense of direction at all. So let's get that straight. So you come in, and not just him, at least in Denver, they admitted their mistake. They didn't try to double down. You don't think it's rare that you fire a guy after you give him a three-year extension, and yet you're in charge of everything? You don't find that? I mean, you're just playing like you don't get it. I understand what you're doing. You're acting <laughs> like you no longer care. <laughs> okay. I, well, okay. it's not its not my yeah. level of caring. I, I still i yeah. still have strong opinions yeah. about this. I think you make a really good no, point. No, no. I think you, you make, don't care. I think you make a really good point. I mean, this is and, – and this is what you're saying. You're saying – the guy that just gave the offensive coordinator a contract extension through the 2024-2025 season fired him a year into that extension as if somebody else decided to give him the extension. No, Ron Rivera decided to give him the extension. He gave it to him, so it's really his fault. You would like to see Ron Rivera gone. That's what No, you... I don't fire people. I'd like to see Ron do his job. I'd like to see him simply do his job. Your job, but he and he's had three years to do his job because he changed. He changed the culture. I would have asked him to. His job would have been defined by winning. So Wait. he came as a social worker, not as a football coach. That's where you took the cheese at. I don't give a damn <laughs> about the their cheese. culture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So well, are you? So what is you tell? So what are you telling me? I mean, really, what is he? You got to be something. So if you're not the guy who gives the raises and decides who does the job, are you telling me you didn't know what plays are going to be called? You got Jim Brown on the sidelines. You can't convert on third and an inch. And you're telling me it's the coordinator's fault, but yet it's a dictatorship? Which is it? I'm confused. And so are you, but you just don't want more than me. No, 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 no. you I, act I, like you don't no, care. No, 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 no. I care because we're getting ripped off again. I don't. Another group comes in, they rip the market off, and then get away with years of payment. And you think I'm not supposed to be affected by that? Well, you're not affected no, as much as you act like you're affected. I you don't, you don't care as much do as you used job. to care either. So, yeah, well, no, but, but you don't know. You don't control what I care. <laughs> oh yeah, but See, I... you 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 don't you don't go in the studio. Uh-huh. You work from your from your estate. Yeah. You don't go to it's games. State, it's You're totally removed. Yeah. You're totally removed right now. I don't care. You know, I don't care as much as I used to. There is no you're doubt. You're not in the game but, anymore. But you don't you're not either. In anymore. But you don't either. And I just yeah, said yeah, right. and yeah, I just yeah, said yeah, okay. I just said you you know, you have a bigger issue with Rivera than you do anybody else. I'd like to hear you admit that. No, I have a leader problem with the leadership. Well that who's the leadership. Well, the person who picks, who plays. Who put Carson Wentz in the game and he looked like Bozo the Clown at quarterback? Who's responsible? Is that is that the guy that just got fired? I don't know. Who was it? Is that so 
No, I'm asking you, the guy who got fired. You're my guest. So I'm asking you. Do you know who? Well, you know who, who, who convinced you know who, yeah. who? Who convinced whom to put Carson Wentz in the game against the Browns? Nobody had to be convinced. The guy who's in charge of everything. Right. So, put him in. So yeah. he's had three years. He's won. Yeah. He's lost more than he's won. He's a social worker. Uh, His whole career is that. So what? What do you? What's your point? Well, I'm just, I'm just. What's, nothing it new. sounds to me like you it's don't care about the Scott dance. Turner thing. It's that you just nothing. want. You don't. You don't think anything's going to change until Ron Rivera's gone, and you, for whatever reason, there's won't nothing. admit it. There's no. There's nothing going to change until the ownership is changed. Okay. Well, we can agree it's on got that. A damn thing to do with Ron Rivera. It oh. Got a damn thing to do with Ron Rivera. Well, you've been talking about Ron, Ron Rivera the whole doing, time. Well, Ron Rivera's in charge. He's the guy that said he's a czar. Everything, you know, he does everything. He's in charge of everything. Yeah. And you don't think it's strange that your guy gets promoted so he gets a bonus and then gets fired? So he gets not only an all-expense paid trip to Cancun, but they double down and give it to him for three years <laughs> in Cancun. <laughs> and it's his so fault. So I know it is funny. No, no, but... No, it, I know it is funny, yeah. But, but we... That was funny. Okay. So, 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 oh, you didn't think the kid to come in to beat the playoff eventual Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys, and the guy comes in who hadn't played all year and rips him a new one. And you don't think it was strange that he almost didn't play at all? Wait. And he wouldn't have played unless Heineke put him in. I didn't. You know, Heineke's the reason he played. Oh, you're talking about Sam Howell. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Sam Howell. You don't think that's strange? I thought the whole thing was strange. <clears throat> I thought okay. I thought, I thought yeah, the but whole... You're not, yeah. you, but you're not saying it. Oh, I did. you don't care. I talked, I talked about you it You don't week. care. All these people are to you as a ratings point. I'm at, you I'm look actually, at their chaos. I'm you actually benefit suspicious. from their chaos. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's true, and you so and so do from you. Chaos, and so do and you. I want them to win. You, I want them to win. <laughs> you're such a okay. Fraud. I'll give the money back uh, if they win. Wish, you won't. You won't. Yeah. Okay. I, I wish some of you could hear our private conversations. Yeah, um, so, I, so we talk about, well, I don't we, talk to you. You don't talk to me we, until we somebody both, doesn't show up. We both, and I bail you out. Let me tell you something. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. What? This is a sin, and it's going to continue to happen until we as a group of fans stop it. What fans? But we're so stuck. We're stuck. We need what fans? <laughs> and the people... That go to the games is not indicative of our power. Yeah. Okay. And well, you know that. I agree. So what you know that. So what's your recommendation? You know Until we do what? Well, you gotta get over first. Yeah, of course. You can't do anything. We got a gift. They just this stole year. another we got, year. We got a gift. Yeah. The gift Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th- this is yeah. this is the you know, this is the light at the end of the tunnel that says people like me who don't care as much as we used to could be back yeah. with real ownership and, you know, real well, real ownership that gives you a chance, gives you a chance yeah. to actually right. win more than you lose. Um, there you go. But That's let's, all I'm asking. But let's make one thing clear. Their dysfunction over the years has benefited both of us, but... If they had been winning like they've been winning in places like Boston, we would have benefited to a much higher level, much higher. That's yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's no, true. no, that's that, that's a hundred percent true. Object is to win. Yeah, object is to win. Okay, okay so we both agree had, on the owner. That's, of a name. That, yeah. that's that's yeah, obvious. That's, that's been obvious is. for years, and 
You know, it, by yeah. the way, that it was something it took you a while on because you were good friends with the owner and hung out with the owner, and it, we were all telling you that you will never win with this owner. You finally come around on I that. Can ne- I can't now, consider being good friends with somebody I've been around maybe three times. <laughs> yeah. Individually. Yeah. I don't know him at all. I, okay, we, we don't know me. <clears throat> we were talking about this the other Let day. Let me just say that. I'm, well, I, I think the last interview that Snyder did, I mean, a real interview with somebody in town. I'm not talking about a charity event where somebody throws out a question, a news reporter. I, no, I was there. I think you did it. No, Cooley. I did it. No, I think Cooley did it. With uh, Cooley may have done it. Um, but I think I did all, all of the others were done. Well, you didn't do it once. There was a period no, there. I did it. I two did or three one. years you did it every year in training camp. And they asked me. I know they asked you to. To, to, to the changes. Well, he, I said, I won't do it. I won't do it unless I do it my way. If you don't want to answer, just say no. Or say no comment. You're not going to tell me what to ask somebody. <laughs> they tried, but I didn't do it. I remember that. They, they try They try every time. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. I don't blame that. All I care about is winning. Yeah. So, See, here's my deal. Yeah. How can you get a raise failing? That's like a kid's putting in a C or D minus paper. Mm-hmm. And you give him an A. I don't understand that. I need you to explain that to me. We got all these people with all these titles. The only thing I care about is the scoreboard. It's never personal with me. I want. I love linebacker Ron. I don't like the guy swallowing the microphone. That I don't even know that guy. I want linebacker Ron. I want the guy in there. It's got every. We got everything. We. Uh, he's right. I want Ron to do his job and finish the job, which is to get into the playoffs with a competitive team that can compete for the Lombardi Trophy. Is that asking too much? Um, but this, you look at his in overall organi- record. In this, or- go, in this organization, it is. With that owner, it is. It's asking <laughs> well, too much. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, um, so you don't find it strange that Ron fires a guy that he just promoted. You think that's, there's no problem with that, huh? Um, well, I mean, putting it that way, of course, it's it's odd. But uh, you know, like you said from the beginning, I think that he needed a scapegoat for this you know disastrous yeah. end end of this season. I think. But if, why? Uh, I think I think if they had you know won one more game, um, and some yeah. and uh, you know beaten the Giants in in that Sunday night game, yeah. and they were still playing on Saturday, I don't think anybody would have been fired. Because I, I agree, but I do think that there was a disconnect between Ron and Scott, because all of the conversation, and I talked about this in the open <clears throat> to the show, all of the conversation yesterday about what they want to be and this is that who they are philosophically. Well, their actions spoke yeah. to something that was the opposite of that. They traded for Carson. Oh, you Wentz. listened to the press conference. I did. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, you did. You listened to that? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched the replay. Oh, okay, of it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. All right. Well, no, I didn't. Because uh, actually, you would have loved it because Martin and Ron talked about a philosophy of being a run first team. No, no, no. Team. I wouldn't have loved it because I've heard it before. <laughs> well, no, they change. The they actually change they all the time. No, they change all the time. What That's... was different? What was different? 
Oh, they always change. They're, they change their ideas on everything. No, but at they, the they, beginning, they, here's, here's, they here's, here's what was past. different. Here's what was different. Uh, what was different? What was different? So at the beginning of the season, after trading for Carson Wentz, drafting Jahan yeah. Dotson, extending yeah. Terry McLaurin, re-signing J.D. Yeah. McKissick, drafting a tight end that was right. really a wide receiver in Cole Turner, and telling you right. that they wanted to be a more vertical team. They wanted to be able to stretch right. the field and throw the ball down the field. Exactly. Yesterday. The guy with the big arm. Yesterday. Okay. They said that their core philosophy is being a heavy run to pass team. That's what they want to be. That's what they're looking for. So yeah, they yeah. they do switch um, based on where they are. And I do think but that see, I don't follow yeah. what they say. Oh, I just follow what they do. Right. I don't listen to anything they say. Right. Well, why do you even follow do. what they do? All you got to do is look at the record. You well, didn't follow true, it. But I wouldn't know until the end. But the overall. If you if your overall record indicates failure, more failure than success. Yeah. How can you ever ever make more money every year? How, 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 why do you get increases? Well, when you why say you when even, you say I mean, more I, when you say more failure than success, I had yes, this conversation yeah. with Tommy yesterday. You do yeah. know that Ron Rivera has a winning record as a head coach in the NFL. Did you, did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he's ninety eight, ninety and two. He's eight games over five hundred. Okay. In 12 seasons okay. of coaching, he's been to the playoffs five times. Now, what, okay, that's good. what, what that's is good. also true, well, it's much better than anybody's done around here in 25, yeah. 30 years. But what is that's also good. true is that in his 12 years of coaching, he's had nine seasons in which he ended up, or eight seasons, excuse me, in which he ended up yeah. with a losing record. Uh, That's true also. And typically you don't end up getting opportunity after opportunity. But as Tommy pointed out, think about the two owners that have hired him. Jerry Richardson no longer in the NFL and Dan Snyder on his way out. But anyway, at least you acknowledge he's one hell of a social worker. Right, he did a great. He did oh, he, no, he's the best. He's the best at his social. Can we talk he's about one of the best of our era? Can we talk about Scott Turner though more seriously? Yeah. Okay. I understand that he got a raise, and yes, got a raise, and then yeah. got fired. Yeah. What about Scott Turner? Did you think was something you know that deserved firing, regardless of the contract extension? And what what kind of excuses would you make for Scott Turner if you were in the camp of not firing him? Well, I would need somebody to explain to me the pass protection. Who's in charge of pass protection? in the passing game because Scott Turner's design had too many people wide open that a kid couldn't see or couldn't hit him. He had too much inconsistency at quarterback for me to judge whether or not he's a bump. But where I am infuriated over is their pass protection schemes. But I don't know who's in charge of that. You know, because if you're going to pay a guy to block a first-round pick, or a Pro Bowl guy, you should pay him that way. So if you're telling me that somebody actually thought it was a good idea to leave 11, a premier pass rusher, Thibodeau, all the great ones that we have in the league, and then you're going to blame the tackle if you don't chip, if you don't slide protection, or do anything to assist him, I then am critical of the design, not the player. Because I played in a system against great players and that didn't dominate the games we played in. Right. So it's possible you can do that. 
that that troubles me. But I don't know who's in charge of what, because I'm assuming that the one guy that's in charge of everything should have brought that. That should have come to his attention, and he should have then been in the meetings and understood and suggested that we double somebody of of high interest. That's just me. Right. I don't know. Obviously, that's not popular, all, and they all, went the other way. All serious. Right. In all seriousness, who is is yeah. it? Matsko or is it Turner? Uh, that's responsible for pass protection because you had an issue it's with Ron this all Renault. year long. Yeah, Cooley no, did everybody. Ron did. Rivera, well, the head guy's okay. in charge of everything. Right. Okay. You keep missing the boat. Mm-hmm. There's the one guy. I'm trying to ask Coach you on a, on a week-to-week basis Co- no, who was designing the pass protection. Coach Centric. Okay. Yeah. Everybody. What, everything goes to him. So I'm just saying to him, then why isn't that addressed at the press conferences? Why don't we ever hear that? I don't understand that. Why are you putting something on a subservient, an employee? You don't ever ask the general manager, the manager. I, I don't understand it. It's the system he set up, and now you're saying it's not his fault? Failure's not his fault. It's the employee's fault. Well, I mean, you don't, th- you, don't, you don't think he's going to give up another $8 million in one season uh, and, 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 well, and, 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 and throw himself, um, you know, under, uh, on the gauntlet. He's not going to do that. He's not going to sacrifice yeah. himself for $8 million bucks. Um, okay, well. Especially when he doesn't think it's his fault. We've heard that a lot. All right. It sounds well, like you I've know, heard him take. Yeah. It sounds like you. I'm know, just following know what I serious hear. Serious conversation about the quarterback. <laughs> I'm very serious. You're trying to put it on everybody but the boss, the guy, the head guy, mm-hmm. who's in charge of everything. Uh, I don't want to put if it on. If you're in charge of everything, then it's your fault. I don't want to put it. Then on. You got to fix it. I don't want to put it on Turner. I don't want to put. No, it on you want to put it on Turner. I want to put it on. I want to put it on Ron yeah. too. You're right. So I, it's Turner's fault. Then the Giants, you got a guy who's 6'6", 250, wide open, a guy air flights it and misses him. All those misses, that's on the coordinator. No, he shows me designed pretty good. Well, he got people open. Couldn't get anybody to give him the ball. But then he picked the guy to give him the ball. All the personnel is on, is on Ron. He picks all the people. He's the GM. He's the president. He's, head of, he's in charge of everything. Okay, well, I don't know why... This is not clear to you. <laughs> it is clear to me. Coach Centric. Oh, okay. Then why are we having this conversation? Re- well, because Scott Turner got fired. I wanted you to, I wanted to ask you about Scott Turner. I wanted to get your thoughts on the offensive coordinator. You can you, you can Turner, do t- you can do two things at once. You can I say the whole Turner thing's on the head coach. But let me tell you about what I thought coach. about Scott Turner as an offensive coordinator. I thought Scott Turner had some really nice designs. It's not my cup of tea to be on the one-yard line and be in, to be in spread or wide. Yeah, I'd have been in jumbo. you got a wide receiver cost you a touchdown. He'd have never been in the game. I don't understand that. Okay, I don't understand why you get big guards, big old guys that are physical guys, you run them on screens and put them on space. They couldn't hit me in space. So what are you good at? A coach's job, as I was taught, is to get the best out of every person. Not everybody's great, but you find out what they do best, and you build around their skill set. Right. I see guys wearing 340 in space, not hitting a dead man. Well, so you're not good in space. 
So pass protection is not your forte, but I can't get an inch. I can't get a yard from you. So what is it that you do? Oh, you're a friend of the family. Okay, get it. So that's why you're here. <laughs> all right, cool. I just need to understand, okay. man. Now um, I'm understanding. Right. Th- th- yeah. What do you See, think? You you don't want to do. What do you with think? It, what do you think, you Coach Centric? What do you think, Coach you Centric? Don't care. What do you think, Coach Centric's going to do at quarterback? What what do you, what should he do at quarterback? Let me see. Well, first of all, he's got to replace his coordinator, so he'll go get another former employee, right? And a uh, friend of another friend of a family, and they'll bring some guy over. Give him an extension. You'll know his last name. <laughs> you'll know his last name, and so because he's a made man, and they'll bring him in, and the thing just continues. And you know, and and if they get that kid in from North Carolina, now they did draft him, and I think they've got some great talent. And I also heard he's going to scrimmage this year. They've got some great talent. They've got some outstanding talent. I like that. I like who, who, Well, who brought in the talent? Who's in charge of the football operation? Ron is. Oh, Ron. So, so he did. So they've got some good talent. So he did something well, other than the social yes. worker. Not just Absolutely. social work. He's got, he's got a decent opinion. roster. He's got a decent yeah. roster. He's got a decent roster. Okay. Absolutely. But what doesn't he have? Absolutely. He doesn't. He doesn't have a quarterback. So what's he going to do? Well, he doesn't have a quarterback. He so, drafted in the fifth round. The okay. kid came in and beat the college. Cowboys may win the Super Bowl. He just beat them the Cowboys in a game they had to the get. Cow- the, Cow- the Cowboys aren't going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, Clay. No, they are in their top five. What are you talking about? Clay's listening right now, and Doc and I no, on, on group text messages, messages with Clay, we just say, oh, my, there's no chance you can't lose to Tampa. Tampa's terrible. I mean, you got Dak Prescott no. and Mike McCarthy. and she, They should win the Super If you don't win the Super Bowl... No. But they they're, they, they're not winning the Super failure. They got for, let me tell you this league is so interesting. That's why I wish I could get myself to where I don't even get emotionally tied up with it. They've got Fred Flintstone as their head coach. They got the richest program in sports, the most popular brand. They're they're instant money. But the coach won't hire an alpha because he wants to be the GM. If I was a really good coach, the first thing I would request is that he get the hell out of the general manager's seat. And go to the owner's box and go entertain his guests, but he ain't gonna do that. You're not gonna get the job. He doesn't have to win. You're right. You're not gonna. Sean Payton. Anybody really serious that's a multimillionaire, the first thing you do is you go out, and you get the best in the industry, and convince them to join you. The guys that have buddies who, I mean, Snyder's, I guarantee his number one counsel came from from uh, your best friend, Scott Van Pelt, because they all on the ESPN. All they can do is whatever Scott says, then their buddies go tell Dan, and that's what we've been doing. Yeah, right. ESPN's been running our program for <laughs> yeah, two right. decades. That's funny. I'm saying, well, who else was doing it? Okay, stop. What do just you look at the hires? What What should they do at quarterback other than Sam Howell? Okay, Sam, they're just not. Oh, Sam Howell. You, you like Sam Howell? Well, I love Sam Howell, but now he's going to have a new. Boss, whomever that well, when they bring the kid in from Buffalo to be the coordinator like or Shula. somebody else's friend, yeah, sure, a friend, recognize the last name. Then the next friend of the family that they bring in, uh-huh. it's the same thing going to happen all over again. It depends on if they let the kid play or not. And now Heineke will go wherever um, Turner goes. I'm sure Heineke will go there because he knows the system. So He's been sure. with him for six years. Yeah, 
and he knows the system up and down. And so, hey, man, I don't know why. I know you're just making fun of me because you love dragging me you. over the coals because I care. No, I, this no. kills me. It kills me that we are we are laughing stock. Right. You know, and you love this. Cool. Who is your new team anyway? Who do you really follow? Oh, Minnesota. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, you got good. that horn? I do like that horn. That's good. I love that's that horn. A, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Right, let me tell you what. Are you a season ticket holder now? For what? Have you bought tickets? Minnesota. <laughs> Uh, I'm a season ticket holder to the Vikings game like you just had dinner with Dan and Tanya. You want to you talk about that? Well, I wish I did. I'd sure <laughs> love to talk to him. I'd love to get him on the show. Yeah. Well, As a matter of fact, I would love to get him I, on the I, show. I wouldn't be a, a season ticket holder to the Minnesota Vikings. There, it's a long way to, okay. to travel on okay. Sundays, um, okay. especially from the comfort of my beautiful, warm studio that I'm in uh, right now. Um what else? Yeah, do all I the guys always, always ask, does Kevin, does Kevin ever come in? I go, hell no. Hell no. Why would he come in? He doesn't come in. We got to go to him. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, no, the king is doing well. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. you it's, um, no, it was, and it was good to see Herzog. And without you, Herzog wouldn't even okay. have been into the building. Uh, and I applaud you for that. That was a great. That was a great move. If they were smart, they'd hire you. If they were smart, they would hire you. Yeah. No, they would hire you, if and they would have they Ron's would, got this guy up in the booth. They would hire analytics guy. They would hire that you. That should be you. And you. So they did. And they let be, me do the and, and you know what you would do? And I and I believe this. You no. you would pick no. the best people. You would sell, entice. Uh, the best people to come work for this organization. No. Now you couldn't do it with the current no. owner. Couldn't do it with the current owner because people see no. they would see beyond you and they would see the, the yeah. garbage at the top. But with a new owner, that new owner should hire someone like you, and yeah. you can go pick the people. I'll stick to the games. You, I'll stick to the games. You, I had a ball. You look. The, that's when I saw the and look, Chris Paul. You see him at guard. Yeah, I've been screaming all year. How did he play? Put this freaking freaking the game played well. Played well, playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. I mean, I'm just telling you, this that was an indictment on this entire staff. You, you I don't care what anybody says. From our linebackers, our, our special teams people, Joey didn't have the best game, but I'll tell you what, these kids they play hard, and it's a sin that they not be put in a position to benefit from it. That's all I'm asking for is that they'd be put in a position to maximize their skills. Because we can act, We don't have to be in last place every year. There's no damn reason for that. And I, it's just a damn shame. I think the social worker has put together a decent roster, and if they can get a, quarter, and if they can get a quarterback that can play... They got a quarterback. Okay. No, you mean that they can put the guy they have in the damn game? Okay, well, you're yeah, convinced on Sam Howell. I'm not convinced yet after one game, but uh, but which, no, no, wh- no, where, where no, got, no. I got... just said he's better than what? what you have. Okay, I'll take him over what you have I, right now. So I would go I go out and get maybe Derek Carr, and they might be able to get Derek Carr. You know, they might be able to get. Um, they got some connections. See, if they could, you know, I put Jack in charge of some of this. 
We got to split up the responsibilities. I can no longer have the head honcho yeah. in charge of everything. I uh, think that's been a failure. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think except, my boy except, Martin Mayhew. Except that the roster's pretty good. It is. Yeah. It is. But yeah. I want Martin Mayhew to not have to have a passive, have Ron attached to him every time he speaks. Hmm. I think he, I think he needs to be free of that. Cut the shackles. Let him go do his job. Yeah, but you're not going to put anything you know? on Martin Mayhew because everything falls at the feet of Ron. I said I'd like to change that. You, okay. Cut the chains. Okay. Cut the chains off uh-huh. and let Martin go do his job independently. Right. Okay. Okay. And then let Ron coach. And this, let's see what happens. We got Ron. We got our training room together now. The FBI is out. We actually got Bellamy in, <laughs> you know, and we're doing well. And then we said uh, the, D- the DEA agents aren't, aren't there this year. Yeah, they're not there anymore. That was a Ron hire. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got him out. Right. So now we could, I heard we're going to scrimmage. Oh, my God. We're finally going to scrimmage another opponent. Well, somebody's got to agree summer, to it. Which is mandatory. Well, he's got connections all over the place. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. There is a pro team you could, you could drive. You could actually – Ride bicycles to Baltimore, and they can scrimmage the Ravens, unless they're afraid of them. So we'll see. I mean, it's up. <laughs> hey, look, dude. All I can do is react to what I see and what happens. That's it. I can't predict anything. All right, this was fun because I don't understand how they think. Well, thank you. Is Cooley okay? <laughs> uh, the, the, Cooley's fine. Um, this is okay. Good. Uh, this good. is Give usually this is u- usually the day. No. You know, Mondays or Wednesdays, the days I like to have you on because Tommy's on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And when you make yourself oh. available, and you, I mean, I, I don't like to ask I'm a lot. Available. I don't like I'm to ask a lot all the time. Figured you'd have, I'm you know, so fifteen. Excited. Usually, you've got seventeen different jobs. I mean, the radio and the podcast yeah. and the speaking engagements yeah. and all the yeah, different things that you're always into. All yeah. the vacation time you yeah, take. Absolutely. I never want to interrupt yeah. any of that vacation time because there's been, there's you. not one vacation day that Doc Walker hasn't used in the in the 17 years that I've known him. Um okay, I said this to your producer. So, <laughs> and thank God you did it. You were off and I, I told you. You're right. I, I took I too. took I took some days off this I year said, at holiday time for the I first said, time. You have yeah. him come on that damn show and you did it. You did come on. Yeah. A New Year's Eve whatever you did. I told him I go he said we went for Kelly. I said, what? I said, that's BS. You get him on that show. I wake up to him. If he better be on that damn show. And you did. You did call in as a guest. Even when you're on vacation, you owe us at least 30 minutes. At Rick Doc you, Walker on Twitter. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Doc Walker <laughs> for Doc's podcast with Solly. Have you recorded your episode for today? Yes, I did. We're done. Yeah, All we're right, done. Good, good. We're done. Hey, I grew up to Walter Cronkite. You are Walter Cronkite. Okay, me. good day. Uh, so, love you. I I'll, ta- I'll talk to you soon. Give your family my best. Doc All Walker, right. everybody, I'll finish up <laughs> with a segment where I list my top 10 commanders of the year. Doc would love to hear him, uh, but he's gone now. Uh, that's next right after these words from a few of our sponsors. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This final segment of the show will feature my top 10 Washington commanders for the 2022 season. I think I used to do this. On the show, maybe I did it with Cooley and Tommy. Haven't done it in a while. I have no idea what made me think of this last night. But I worked on a list. I took everything into consideration. And I will unveil the top 10 Washington commanders for 2022 here in a moment. This final segment of the show is presented by Window Nation. Window Nation's bringing the home show savings to you during home show season. What does that mean? Well, if you buy windows from Window Nation and you finance that purchase, you'll pay 0% financing for 60 months. That's five years, no interest. Add to that, you'll pay half price on the windows. You get two free with every two you buy, no limit. Uh, all of this without leaving the comfort of your home. Go to windownation.com slash home show. Try their free virtual visualizer. Just upload a picture of your home and you can view hundreds of window options uh, online, uh, essentially transposed against the picture of your home so you get an idea what it will look like. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. You'll get a free estimate and take advantage of their home show savings. No interest five years. Buy two, get two free, no limit. windownation.com slash home show or 866 866- 90 nation. All right. Uh, my top 10 Washington commanders for 2022. Uh, there were some honorable mentions. I'm not going to mention them first because you may think they're going to end up in the top 10 and I don't want to spoil the anticipation as we count down from 10 to one. I'm going to start with number 10. And even though he only played in 12 games, Jahan Dotson was one of the best 10 players on their team. And I don't think it's going to be 
much of a reach right now to say that he's going to be on this list every single year he's on this team, barring injury, in years to come. What a special talent Jahan Dotson is. 12 games, 7 touchdowns, really made them look good from an evaluation standpoint. And by the way, the tradeback value, where they got Brian Robinson Jr., where they got Cole Turner, where they got Sam Howell, uh, and you know they all of that by trading back five spots with New Orleans. New Orleans ended up taking Chris Olave, and Olave was outstanding as a rookie. I mean, he is in the mix for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's not going to win it. Kenneth Walker will probably uh, win it. But Jahan Dotson comes in 10. Think about Dotson and and, uh, Terry McLaurin together with a really good quarterback uh, and the production that those guys will have. I don't think there's a better route runner on the team. I don't think there's a more natural, instinctive hands catcher um, than Jahan Dotson. I think he's the best with the ball in the air. Everything about him, I love. I think he is a tough cover. I think he's the guy that eventually, even more than Terry, will keep defensive coordinators up late at night. Jahan Dotson in at number 10. At number 9, Defoe, Derek Forrest. What a season. What a re- what a revelation uh, Derek Forrest was. Came out of that tough Cincinnati program. Luke Fickle, Marcus Freeman was his defensive coordinator, the head coach at Notre Dame. This guy's tough. He's a hitter. He made plays. He led the team in, in, in interceptions with four. Uh, this guy just was all over the field and high IQ. Part of what I really think was a very intelligent back end for Washington. Not only did you get players who could play, um, they were players that clearly Jack Del Rio had a lot of confidence in. There was connectivity uh, between uh, Del Rio and his back four this year. Remember in the offseason when he complained that you know some of the secondary people weren't there for some of those limited offseason opportunities um, and that this year would be better because everybody was there? He was right. He was right. Forrest was outstanding this year. He comes in at number nine on the list. Number eight on the list, Antonio Gibson. And I know some of you are like, Sheehan, get off Gibson's jock. I mean, it's been enough of you and Gibson this year. I think he's a top five talent on this team. I really do. I think you could argue that. Uh, he still had a very productive year. He ended up with you know, 900 yards of total offense, missed the last few games, five touchdowns, 50 plays that resulted in first downs, and no fumbles, no lost fumbles. He did have one fumble, but they recovered it. No lost fumbles. What was the big conversation about Antonio Gibson when we found out that you know, I think it was from from Ben Standing when we found out that they were going to be interested in a back in the draft. It was all about his fumbling problem, and by the way, the durability issue a little bit. Um, but uh, it was about the fumbles and the concern over the fumbles. I think ultimately, what they really um, did say at the time when they drafted Brian Robinson Jr. and I think it turned out to be true is. They, you know, they did like the, the the combination of, you know, the Jonathan Stewart, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, what they had in Carolina, the two-back system. He talked about that yesterday, actually. I think they really were looking for that. I think they were concerned about the fumbles. I think they were concerned about the wear and tear on Gibson. Personally, I think Gibson handles inside the tackles well. 
uh, Brian Robinson Jr. coming up on this list turned out to be even better than Gibson at that. And I know, it, you know, at one point in the season, I was like, I want Gibson with a significant more t- uh, a number of touches than Brian Robinson Jr. I like Antonio Gibson. I think he had a really good year. I think if he plays the whole season, I think if they've got better quarterback play, I think he ends up being a guy that produces uh, even more. Um, but he comes in for me at number eight on the list. Number seven on the list is Brian Robinson Jr. I mean, let's face it. Uh, the guy turned out to be an absolute beast of a running back. He only played really in 11 games. I mean, 12 if you count the Tennessee game. 797 yards. He averaged 3.9 yards per carry. Nothing to write home about. But how many of those yards were all yards that he gained yards after contact I mean the amount of times that he basically created something out of nothing I mean he is the definition of nothing there somehow he gets three you know if there's minus two he gets back to the line of scrimmage if there's three he gets six God forbid you give him any kind of forward momentum he's going to carry the pile for three to four yards he was outstanding he is a guy that has a, a chance to be a really good NFL uh, back this year. You know, it's it's funny about um, uh, Brian Robinson Jr. One of the things we heard so much about, you know, mature, played so much in college, never fumbled. And by the way, he didn't have a lost fumble this year either. You know, the only lost fumble they had on a rushing attempt all season long was Curtis Samuel. That was it. You know, and last year with, with Gibson, that was an issue. Um, but Brian Robinson Jr. was outstanding. Um, they were right about him. Uh, I still would have looked at Tyler Algier in that spot before Brian Robinson Jr. I loved Kenneth Walker. Now I think he was gone. Uh, Algier's a guy that ultimately in Atlanta uh, is another guy that's you know in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He won't get it. Again, Kenneth Walker will get it. But, man, they didn't go wrong with Brian Robinson Jr., that's for sure. I thought he was too upright. I thought he was too tentative. But he was new, and he was coming off a near tragedy in August. Once he got his sea legs under him, and, by the way, once they went to the formula uh, of heavy run first, a lot of those yards, man, uh, he was a bull. Imagine with you know a real pass threat, um, with a better offensive line, uh, this guy isn't Derrick Henry, but he's kind of baby Derrick Henry. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, but Brian Robinson Jr., a hell of a season in his rookie year. Uh, he comes in number seven on my list. Number six, Montez Sweat. Some might have had him higher on this list. Um, you can make that determination when you hear what my top five are. Um, Montez Sweat finished 13th in tackles for loss in the NFL, tied for 13th, had eight sacks on the season, um, had multiple pass deflections. Once again, uh, a big part of what he was able to do at the line of scrimmage, impact passing lanes. He still doesn't get home enough. I mean, I don't know how he doesn't get home enough because they definitely recognize him on the other side as a guy that is going to be a problem. Um, But 
an outstanding season uh, from Montez Sweat. Certainly the sack numbers could have been higher. And if they were, if he got you know home a little bit more, I think I would have had Sweat higher. I just love his motor. I love his size. I love his athleticism. I love his strength. I think he's really learning how to play the position. He comes in number six on my list of the top 10 commanders for 2022. Number five, Cameron Curl. Uh, We talked about Derek Forrest, who came in number nine on this list. I mean, if there's ever a player that you hold up as the definition of he gains more when he's not playing than when he is, Cameron Curl would be the guy this year because when he was out first two games of the year, the Cleveland game, the defense really struggled without him. They've got a high Q back end, high IQ back end. He is uh, a hitter. He can cover. He's versatile. He's smart. He's great in the box. He's great if he's in, in free safety mode. He's an excellent player. Seventh rounder out of Arkansas. Uh, they weren't good without him almost every single time with the exception of the Dallas game at the end. You know, key games early in the season without him. They were at their worst defensively in those first two games of the year. Cameron Curl comes in at number five on my list. Number four, Tress Way. Kind of self-explanatory, right? I mean, he deserves to be in the top ten. He's been, if we count, you know, special teamers, and I did, he's been basically their most consistent and most respected player over the last, you know, eight years or however long he's been here. How long has he been here? Uh, is this? I think this was his eighth season in Washington. That sounds right. Um, Pro Bowl uh, season for him, respected around the league. Um, had it was second in the league with punts inside the twenty. Interestingly, Johnny Hecker, Carolina, who had a better average and a better net average and more kicks inside the twenty, wasn't the NFC Pro Bowler. Uh, Tressway was. Um, and I think that goes to show just how much respect um, the players around the league in particular have uh, for Tress away. By the way, this was his ninth season. 2014 was his first year. Um, this was his ninth season uh, in Washington um, and ended up with uh, his second best season in terms of kicks inside the 20. He had 41 back in 20, uh, 2018. Um, and, uh, this year, by the way, you know, given the struggles that they had on offense, he punted more this year, uh, than any other year with the exception of 2017. Now there are 17 games, so that matters too. Um, but Tressway comes in at number four on the list. Number three on the list, Duran Payne led the team in sacks fourth in the league in TFLs, an absolute one-on-one mismatch with everybody he faced. Jerron Payne, you could make the case, should have been even higher on this list. Contract year, whatever concerns you have about this was a contract year and you'll never get this from Deron Payne again, you're not, it's not an unreasonable take because there was inconsistency um, in his first few years in the league. He put it all together this year. They won him back. That was an emphasis yesterday. You heard it from Martin Mayhew. Of course, he's going to be sought after in free agency. Franchise tag for the D-tackle position, just over $18 million, I believe it is. 
Um, but what a season uh, he had. I mean, 18 TFLs tied for uh, fourth in the league, um, 11 and a half sacks, five pass deflections at the line of scrimmage. Um, he was an absolute handful uh, for any uh, interior offensive lineman. I think Deron Payne is the most gifted player that they have. No, that's not true. Chase Young is probably the most talented. Deron Payne is probably second on defense. He comes in third on my list of the top 10 commanders in 2022. Number two on the list. You know who the final two are. So now it's just a matter of who's two and who's one. I put Terry McLaurin at number two. You know, he only had 77 catches. It's not his fault. I understand that. You know, that's the same number of catches as he had last year. It's the 25th uh, spot in the league in receptions. 25th in the league with 77 receptions. That's not very high. He was 10th in the league in yards with 1,191. I get it. On a lot of other teams, he would have put up much bigger numbers. And he'd be considered... Truly elite among the upper end, you know, uh, of the upper tier of receivers. I think he's in that upper tier of receivers, but I think most people would probably say if you if your upper tier is your top ten, he's at the low end of that. You know, he's behind Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown and CD Lamb on the Pro Bowl roster, but he made the Pro Bowl roster. I'll tell you, if you really look at the NFC receivers. I mean, in terms of production, how did Amon Ross St. Brown not make the Pro Bowl? He had 106 catches. He had 29 more catches than Terry did. Tyler Lockett, big year. Chris Godwin, big year. But, like I said about Tressway, this goes to show you what some of his peers think of him because they recognize what Terry McLaurin is as a player, and they recognize the numbers – would be much better on a team that could really throw the football. Terry McLaurin, number two on the list, which leaves John Allen coming in at number one on my list. He was the linchpin of a defense that grew this year into a top 10 defense in the NFL. I mean, per the DVOA number, Football Outsiders, ninth best defense in the NFL. He was outstanding against the run, like Deron Payne. Much of the time, he was impossible to block one-on-one. Seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, had the interception, remember, in the Chicago game. Ninth in the league in TFLs, tackles for loss with 16, despite the fact that he missed the last game and a half. Um, I just think he is high IQ. He's strong as an ox. Uh, he's impossible to block one-on-one. He's a leader. He's a starter in the Pro Bowl. I think he was the best player on the team this year. Uh, and it, it's it's tough. I mean, it's to me, Allen, McLaurin, and Payne this year were the three best players on the team. I do think that, you know, a guy like Jahan Dotson would have been much higher had he played all 17 games, certainly if they had a quarterback, uh, if they had better quarterback play. Um, I think Brian Robinson Jr. could have been on this list had he played all 17 games. Um, But uh, John Allen isn't just the best player on the team, in my opinion. Um, I think he is the most respected player on the team. Uh, I I think, you know, he's a tough old-school guy. 
Um, and I think Terry, you know, is very well respected as well. Trust me, these are the two. You know, Leno is up there. There's three or four guys that are highly respected inside that locker room. When you talk to people who are very familiar with the situation, John is a grown man and he's a grown up. Uh, I just love, and I know Doc and I, you know, talked about it, and you know, Doc referred to Ron Rivera as a social worker. To me, um, the bottom line is Ron has changed very much the culture in that locker room now. You know, when we look at the top, you know, four players that I just listed on this team, all four were acquired by the previous group. Uh, but they're all kept and extended by this group. Uh, so there it is. There's your, there's my top ten list for uh, the commanders this year for players. Again, number ten was Dotson, nine, Forrest, eight, Gibson, seven, Robinson Jr., six, Sweat, five, Curl, four, Tressway, three, Deron Payne, two, Terry McLaurin, and one, John Allen. Who would I leave off the list? I left Curtis Samuel off the list. I left Kendall Fuller off the list. I left Benjamin St. Juice, who I think is an outstanding corner, um, off the list. Um, I think that's kind of it in terms of the players that I left off the list that you could have considered. I left Jeremy Reeves off the list. He's going to the Pro Bowl. Um, as a special teamer, I certainly could have considered Reeves, um, but that's the list I came up with. Uh, no offensive linemen really were considered. None of them had a great year. None of them, you know, were consistent enough. Uh, obviously, not none of the quarterbacks. Um, and uh, you know, I, Jamin Davis, not top ten, but I think if you got to you know the the top. 15 to 20 players, you could start to make an argument for Jamin Davis in the season that he had. And I bet you if Cole Holcomb comes back and plays a whole season, we're going to think very highly of Cole Holcomb. But anyway, that's my list. 2022. In the books. Now we're into the offseason. Can't wait for the playoff games coming up uh, over the weekend. Uh, Love the NFL playoffs. And I'll get much more into those games the next two days. Cooley will join me on Friday. Tommy will be with me tomorrow. Have a great day. Back tomorrow. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.